0: Please pray with me. God of grace, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. We continue this morning in the season of Advent. I've spoken already this year, this season, about how the season of Advent invites Christians to be aware of how unsettled the world is. Most of the scriptures for the Sundays of Advent describe a world in turmoil. Looking at the turmoil of our own world activates our sense of yearning. We yearn for it to be different. We yearn for God to set things right. We yearn for rest in the midst of restlessness, for things to settle down in an unsettled world. A look at the chaos of our world awakens our yearning for good news. Yesterday was a national day of demonstrations for justice all across the country. There were large marches and demonstrations in many places, like New York City. There were smaller marches in many more places, like Sacramento. The wide reach of the demonstrations is good news. The passion of protesters saying, Black lives matter, and we will have justice, and this stops now, and White silence equals violence. And I can't breathe. This passion for justice is good news. But the reality that such action is necessary in order to speak out against the harsher realities of our society is bad news. There is plenty of bad news out there. And news this week confirming egregious use of torture by the United States CIA can be added to this season's list of bad news. Advent scriptures confront us with demanding messages. They demand that we think about God's reign. Imagining the reign of God means imagining a whole different reality from what we see around us today. The scriptures demand that we anticipate the coming of Christ. And some of the Bible's images of Christ's coming are themselves pretty unsettling. Today we catch that sense of God's reign through the proclamation that God loves justice. We catch a sense of God's reign through the images of God's anointed one coming to proclaim good news to the poor and release for captives, and liberation for prisoners. This is the message of Isaiah's prophecy, that God anoints one to bring good news. And we have been yearning for good news. We who call ourselves Christian see Jesus Christ as God's anointed one, as the one God sends to bring this good news. And we may remember that Jesus himself read this very passage from Isaiah out loud in the temple and then told the people, this is about me. I am the one who fulfills this prophecy. So God sends Jesus, the anointed one, bearer of good news, proclaimed in Isaiah. But is the good news for us One challenge of being a preacher is that I just can't preach to everyone at once. No one sermon will fit for everyone because we are different from each other. This church community includes folks who are poor. This church community includes folks who have been in jail or in prison. And if that's you, Isaiah's good news from this morning's scripture is for you. But today, I'm wanting to talk particularly to those of us who are not the intended audience of Isaiah's good news. So, if this morning you find that I am not really speaking to you, I'm sorry. This morning, I feel a need to speak particularly to those of you who have certain things in common with me, specifically, those of you who, like me, experience a certain amount of privilege. Maybe you experience a certain amount of privilege because you are white. Maybe you experience a certain amount of privilege because you are middle class, or maybe you are better off than middle class. Maybe you experience a certain amount of privilege because you are well-educated. So I am speaking to myself, and speaking also to those of you who also benefit from the advantages that come from certain privileges, privileges that put us at an advantage relative to the social structures of our world. And I say to myself and to you, the good news Isaiah is bringing is not for you. It is not for us. The good news Isaiah speaks on God's behalf is for those who are poor. It is for the captives. It is for the prisoners. And if this is not us, let's acknowledge that. Let's not pretend this is us. It might be uncomfortable to find that for today, we are not on the receiving end of God's good news. But instead of letting that bother us, let's work with it. And let's not water down the scriptural message of real justice by reducing it to a metaphor. Isaiah is not using captivity as a metaphor. Isaiah is not using prison as a metaphor. Isaiah is not talking metaphorically about being poor. Because these things are concrete realities. These realities are concrete today, and were are concrete in Isaiah's day, and we're concrete in Jesus' day it might be uncomfortable to look at this scripture that brings the good news of justice and realize the good news is not primarily intended for us. But I fervently believe in the spiritual and practical growth available to us if we are willing to experience this discomfort and work with it. To me, this is profoundly hopeful. We are waiting for God to be incarnated, for the spirit to become flesh. In Advent, the church reminds us that we are waiting for this incarnation to happen, particularly in ways that show God's care for this messed up world. Jesus was born into a messed up world. There have been countless variations on the messes of this world in the centuries since Jesus' birth, and the world is a mess today. And Isaiah says he has good news. God anoints one to come, to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim release for the captives and liberation for the prisoners. The good news of Isaiah's prophecy is not particularly for those of us who benefit from a fair amount of privilege. But the good news of Isaiah's prophecy was for Mary. Mary was poor. As a poor woman in a messed up world, I wonder how much fear Mary might have felt during her pregnancy. Was she afraid knowing her baby would be born into a world where the Roman Empire maintained a militarized police state? Was she afraid, knowing that her Jewish baby, her Jewish family, were particularly vulnerable in the structures of the empire? Could she ever have imagined that the baby whose coming she cherished was at risk of being arrested and imprisoned? Could she have imagined that her son would die a death that violated any understanding of justice? Isaiah says he has good news. Good news for the poor, release for the captives, and liberation for the prisoners. The good news of Isaiah's prophecy is not particularly for those of us who benefit from a fair amount of privilege, but the good news of Isaiah's prophecy was for Mary. And it is good news for our world today. So what if this particular good news is not for us? What then? Think about the concrete realities of this world. Who is poor? Who are the captives? Who is in prison? We hosted here the screening of the film, The Cooler Bandits, this fall, And we know that prison sentences are disproportionately severe for black men. Who is in prison? Some of those in prison, a different kind of prison, are the ones who were tortured. It might be particularly unsettling to think that God's good news is for the prisoners the CIA tortured. But Advent is the season for being unsettled. And if this good news is not particularly for us, then our role is to amplify the voices of the ones who Isaiah does address. This is how some of us with some privilege can use our privilege. Doing this brings us back to the message of the season of Advent. Watch, wait, be alert. We need to be alert to what is going on in the world, to be aware and to watch, even when it is tempting to turn away. We need to watch the news, and in particular, to seek out sources for our news that give us opportunities to hear the voices of those most directly impacted by injustice. This is one piece of how people with privilege can honor and support those on the receiving end of our society's injustice. So I am feeling again the urgency of truly observing Advent, of taking a good long pause before rushing headlong toward Christmas. I'm feeling again the urgency of making this a religious christian celebration with all of the meaning that holds the meaning of unease and restlessness knowing that we are not yet where we hope to be opening our eyes and our hearts to the upheaval of our world trusting that this is how we open our eyes and our hearts to god because shopping won't help Holiday decorations won't help. Turning our attention away from the world in order to create a bubble of comfortable celebration is not how the church observes Advent. Making the holidays comfortable for us is not a path that leads to the justice God loves, the justice God's anointed one proclaims. It might be uncomfortable to look at this scripture that brings the good news of justice and realize that the good news is not primarily intended for us. But I believe in the growth available to us through this very discomfort. Because we are not, most of us, the poor, the captive, or the prisoner. But we can plant seeds. Isaiah goes on to say, as the earth puts out its growth and as a garden grows its seeds, so the Lord will grow righteousness. The Lord will grow righteousness in all the nations. Righteousness is another biblical word that is used to convey the concept of justice. A garden grows its seed, Isaiah says, and we can plant seeds, and God's promise is that God will grow righteousness, because God loves justice. So maybe there is good news for us, after all. We can plant seeds, and if we are faithful in planting seeds, by opening our eyes and hearts to the world around us, by supporting and amplifying the voices of the oppressed, if we are faithful in planting seeds, then we can be a part of God's good news for the poor, for the captive, for the prisoner. And the Lord will grow righteousness in all the nations. Amen.